So um, tonight I want to share um, some um, random thoughts about this practice that we're uh, we're doing together. Maybe talk about uh, mindfulness as much as possible. This main quality of mind that we're bringing and. Um, And so random, but uh, hopefully uh, helpful thoughts about the practice. Yeah. So um, I just thought just now that I could tell you about how I um, started practicing the first time I um, encountered these uh, teaching. Uh, so last night I told you that at some point when I was 25, I learned I was uh, HIV positive. So a year and a and a half after this, I found myself um, traveling with my partner uh, at the time in uh, Asia. And we had been traveling for, um, for uh, a number of months in, uh, in India with the backpack and being together 24 hours a day. And uh, with the beauty and all the challenges of uh, traveling in a, a different culture and uh, together partners and uh, going through hunger, confusion, uh, the joys and everything. And after a few months, I really, um, being a kind of an independent person, wanted to find myself alone. You know, and I would say to my partner, who was a dear, dear person, still a very good friend uh, today, that I was saying, why don't you go to the next place where we're going for a few days and then I'll meet you there, you know, and we, and you can show me the place, you can show me, I was trying to make it exciting, but uh, uh, my partner would say like, no, we came together, we're staying together, and, uh, and I was like, okay, okay, and one time uh, we were, uh, we had, I remember having our backpack on, and we met a, a young American traveling also in Asia, in Thailand, and she said, oh, there's a, you know, you guys, there's a monastery just next to here, and you can actually go and spend 10 days uh, in silence, and they'll show you meditation. And, uh, and, and so she said, that, and it's free. Uh, and that was, you know, the suf- non-sophisticated way to talk about dana, <laughs> as we often <laughs> think of it these days. So it's free, and it's silent. And in my mind, there was one thought that came, was like, this is my chance. Because I'm going to be alone and he's going to be with me. <laughs> you know, like everybody's going to get what they need if we do this. So I said, hey, shall we go and, and do this retreat? That's going to be interesting. It's cultural and it's free. <laughs> it's free food. And, uh, and my partner said, yeah, let's go. You know? <laughs> and I just thought like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be alone for 10 days. You know, this is an amazing <laughs> blessing. And so that's how I entered for the first time and uh, met these teaching for the first um, time. And, uh, and little did I know that there was a whole, well, a whole door opening for me that would actually uh, reorganize my life in, in a big, big way, but also that there would be... Um, an inner voyage that week, you know, uh, and not just uh, time to rest, but also uh, a lot, uh, a lot happening. And um, 
And so um, I remember um, being deeply moved, like really deeply moved by two different things on that retreat. And um, the first one was, I, as I remember it, was on the first night, but who knows, memory is tricky business. But I remembered uh, that uh, uh, the teacher who was there, uh, John Paul, uh, was um, giving a talk on the, the first, the Four Noble Truths, very classic uh, teaching that I want totally get into tonight but uh, just and I just remember uh, him saying uh, naming the first noble truth that uh, there is suffering and him talking about it and how the realization that was coming to me and in this, this way that the Buddha said you know we're often separated from what we want. We often have to deal with what we don't want. And just that little bit of that description of uh, Dukkha, of the first noble truth. And, and deeply realizing suddenly that, oh, all this mess, all these difficulties in my life, I had mistakenly understood that this was my fault. If I hadn't said that, if I hadn't done that, this wouldn't have happened, this difficulty wouldn't have shown up. Or that it was others' fault, that if they didn't do that or didn't say that in this life, there was being separated often from what we want and often having to deal with with what we don't want. And I'm sure there's several ways to talk about the problem of being <laughs> separated from what we want. And, but on this level, to say, like, oh, that's the way I understood it, is that's the nature of this reality, not to follow my dream about it or what I would like, you know, but to have its own rule. And that it's the nature of this reality that things will not go according to plan, you know. Um, and suddenly for me, uh, for one thing, the, uh, the sickness that I was dealing with and, uh, suddenly, oh, it, this teaching says it's not my fault. It's part of the fabric of this life that disease will come, that things will be said, that people will go, that tire will, tires will get punctured <laughs> you know and and often my sense was that in life things should flow but this happened that was a mistake in life you know that but it was part of life that we would often be separated it was part of the human experience and i say i i realized this at that time there was some something very deep for me and liberating in this <coughs> And still today, 15 years later, it's still very central in my practice. And today in a small group, 
I kept coming back with this, or have you noticed the, the people in that were, we were sitting together, that I kept coming back to this recognition that, oh, look at that. And it's on so many level. And I find it so um, touching and such um, an amazing invitation to find, and that's my understanding of this practice, to find appropriate response in a world that doesn't follow how I would like to be, you know? And um, so when I say on so diff many levels, as we saw, uh, those of us who were in the room, uh, the small interview room today, that we're often separated from what we want the circumstances that we want. So sometimes, um, well, the, just the dirty laundry we just washed, you know. We would like to have a world in a certain way where I can wear my smells or where people would understand deeply the aggravation, you know. And I am separated from that reality. Not that we do nothing about it and we just accept, but the deep possibility, the, the, the possibility of, of accepting the nature of this reality. I'm going to try, I'm, I'm doing this very spontaneously, so it's going to be probably pretty imperfect, as this reality <laughs> is often. Um, What is offered, I feel, in Buddhism is uh, we talk about the freedom that doesn't depend on circumstances. And how can I be free in a room that I want quiet and where there is noise? How can I be free uh, with a breath that I would like to be flowing and that is all contracted? How is there a possibility, let me change the word freedom, free, for how could there be gracefulness with a mind state that I would rather have another one <laughs> instead? I find myself having, carrying grief and I would like to experience lightness of being or joy. And how, how, for me, all this practice is to deal with this. How can I gracefully be in this situation that I don't want? How can I be gracefully be with this body experience that, I, that is not perfect or exactly as I want? So, circumstances, mind... Uh, mind states, feeling experiences, and bodily, physical experience. All these ways that we're often separated from what we want, and how to have gracefulness and clarity, acceptance, and also engagement. Engagement sometimes means talking about what's not working, you know? 
So it doesn't, I'm not talking here about an acceptance that would become, that's a kind of a wrong understanding that we have of Buddhist practice sometimes, that because you accept deeply what's happening, that you do nothing about it. And you become a kind of carpet that can be oppressed and uh, uh, that take everything on um, uh, individually in, the, in this here and here in this relationship and globally. And what I find amazingly beautiful about this practice is I can have deep acceptance that there is abuse in this world. And then engage with it. To me, this is the most beautiful version of talking about this practice that I can totally and please do not mis- mistake my words when I'm saying this deeply a- accept that this is how it is right now and deeply accept that in here there is a lot of energy available maybe that it's possible to move speak up stand up walk um, and and uh, and find freedom in an imperfect, very an imperfect world. Without giving up. So, um, in. Uh, Last around last January in, in um, my uh, my I call it my nation where I live in Quebec. It's, a, it's its own nation with its uh, its particularities of uh, cultural partic- particular particular. Well, it's becoming clearer and clearer <laughs> as I'm speaking. <laughs> its language and uh, its culture and anyway, the government uh, announced that uh, there would be a raise of uh, 75% of um, tuition, school, uh, university and college tuition over three years to kind of match up with America as a model. <laughs> model. <laughs> you know. and, uh, and it was very beautiful to see um, our population say, no, no, we don't want to start thinking that you invest in uh, education, we want to offer each other education as a value. And in a very beautiful and peaceful way, people started going down in the street. There was 120 nights of demonstration every night. Uh, some, uh, and days also, some of the days. Some days there was 400,000 people uh, in the streets of Montreal walking miles and miles of people walking, parents with children and uh, and uh, students and uh, elderly and people of all uh, all kinds uh, uh, were walking and saying peacefully no. And um, every night for several weeks, people at eight o'clock would go down in the street with uh, butts and pans and knock, saying. We don't, we don't agree with this. And there was beautiful creativity. It was, it was amazing. 
And one thing that people started to do is, um, just as a little example, is that there was, where there was a, a crossing of street like this, street corner, um, people would get on the four corners, and when the light for the traffic was green like this, so traffic would go like this, and people would cross like that. And then when the lights would change and the red, the green light would be for the cars going like this, people would start crossing like this. And you can find on the internet very beautiful videos. It's so amazing. You have hundreds of people and they all keep the traffic going by crossing like this for 45 seconds and then crossing like this for 45 seconds and then crossing like this with all their clarity of that doesn't work this is not the values we want to uh, hold that you invest in education and this is this is not us so much so that the government fell there was an election a month ago and uh, the the government totally lost uh, its place and and power and the new government that came in that was elected um, uh, came in and said uh, we're going to stop the there's not going to be the, the raise of tuition. And, uh, and um, by the way, we're going to close the nuclear uh, plants. <laughs> and we're going to stop the... We couldn't find the word today of... The gas, the schist, this frack, uh, fracking is not going to be allowed in our nation. You know, so there was a, a bunch of things, and this all came out of uh, clarity of mind and uh, and values, and uh, and it. What was beautiful for me is that it was very, very clear, very in strong action, and a big, big group of people, and there was no, uh, there was very little um, hatred, or it was it was done in clarity, it was done in uh, determination, all these beautiful qualities of mind that we're developing here, uh, the patience, the clarity, the determination, all these qualities I could see in my people being uh, expressed. And I was, I was amazed that it was not done through hatred and anger. And for me, there's a, a direct li link with what we're doing here. Being attentive to what's happening and finding what is the appropriate response. The main tool that we're using uh, here this week, the main appropriate response here now, is attention, listening, receiving. How is that to be sitting here now? To maybe counterbalance uh, all the other ways uh, we have to deal with what's happening. Getting very busy in our head, uh, getting disconnected from a, a deeper listening. Yeah? And so what we do is we slow down and we start to listen to life. We stop telling it what it is. We shut up a bit, if you <laughs> allow me to say that, and start listening. And slowly things are being revealed in their own times. And of course, right now we don't have maybe 
we're used to a lot of stimulation and grosser objects uh, that we encounter. And here, uh, it's a little bit more subtle what's happening. There's not much happening, you could say. And so it's hard, it might be hard for some of us to stay connected. Um, or what we are feeling is um, what we don't want to feel, what we usually run away from by being busy in all kinds of ways, you know. So it does need a lot of courage to actually sit in the midst of, uh, of what might be happening here. So when I was on this retreat in uh, Thailand, the other thing that um, really touched me was that uh, it was possible to um, start really discovering what is happening in oneself, physically, mentally, emotionally, become interested to me, that's the big, big revolution of um, mindfulness. Um, when sometimes we think maybe that uh, this being attentive, uh, being mindful, is passive, there's not much happening. Uh, to me, this discovery that it was actually a revolution of the mind, that when I'm bringing attention, I'm bringing a new condition, something new in the mind. And this is going to have an effect. And the biggest effect that I discovered, certainly one of them, for me is the opportunity through being attentive to uh, the giving uh, the opportunity for compassion to arise. Because when in sustained contact with difficulty, when uh, the contact is, um, I don't know if it's deep enough or sustained enough, but there's a certain quality of contact with the difficult, where in a way we get touched, really touched. And where suddenly a caring can occur, instead of the, I don't want this, I, like, oh, and the way it comes, and sometimes, it, often it comes in my mind, less now, but it used to come in my mind, a lot in words, actually. Oh, God, <laughs> oh, God, this is not easy to feel this, my love. Feel the agitation. Feel the discomfort in the body. Instead of uh, strategizing to get rid of or dreaming that it was not there or denying all the kinds of ways we have to actually touch, really touch and allow the heart to start caring. And often this, um, the kind of price to pay for this caring heart is a kind of a ripping. That's been my experience that I'm sitting here like, 
when will they re- re- ring the bell? Will they ring the bell? The bell has to run. I can't, I can't stay in this body. I can't stay in this body. I'm not really feeling it. I'm wanting to avoid it. And if I, at some point, really, I don't know what makes it happen, but at some point there's a turning and facing or being really touched. And suddenly it's, oh my God, this is so hard to be this person right now. And there's a kind of a ripping of the heart. But also in that uh, kind of liberation, oh, it's so hard to resist this or to want something else. Just to allow this to be there suddenly. Ah, or ah, the knee. Instead of ah, not wanting to feel like, oh, the knee. Oh, the grief. Ah, kind of a falling into it with this caring uh, quality that for me has been allowed or fostered only because of the presence, the sustained presence. If I go back to this um, first noble truth of the dukkha, it says that um, having a body is a, is a difficult situation to find oneself in. Having a body and a mind, basically being a human being, is a, not an easy situation to find oneself in. And one way that I've been thinking about it uh, in the last few years is uh, realizing, especially as, I, as we sit, we realize that, that we have senses. We are sensitive. These doors are open. The smell door, the eye, the ears, the this sensation, contact with the world, this touch level. And if it was only this, that would be a great challenge to have five senses always open. But we have a sixth one in Buddhism, we say the mind is a sense door that contacts images, impressions, ideas, um, emotions, states of mind. Yeah? And as we sit to realize, like, wow, we're, this system is constantly touched by sound, smell, taste, physical sensations, yeah? And when, when there is a, an experience, a phenomena, any one of them, heard, seen, thought, any one of, of the uh, phenomena, an experience at one of the doors, of the six doors, when there is an experience like this, it comes, it's the nature of this reality that it comes with pleasantness or unpleasantness or neutrality. It's part of it. And when the senses are always open, it's a given that some of the contact will be difficult, unpleasant, and some of them will be pleasant, and some of them will be neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And when you're sensitive, it would make sense that you would want 
the experiences, the phenomena, heard, smelled, tasted, thought, felt, it would make sense that you would want them to be pleasant. But we can't control this. And we're often separated from what we want. I want to feel in a certain way in the body like the person in the meditating in the ad for a car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have the car on top of the mountain there and they're sitting and it's, they're clearly presenting it as it's really flowing to be in <laughs> this body. It's youthful, it's easeful, it's pleasant, a hundred percent. When we sit here, this is not what we find. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, but it's changing. We can't control it so much. A little bit we can adjust. But we sit here, and what do we find, you know? This is, in my experience, I don't know if it's going to be like, it's like this for you, but for me, there's always a little something crooked, a little something not quite right, you know, like almost there. Or escaping, if it's there, you know, like, oh, it was good to be in this body for the last five minutes. No, it's changing, yeah? It's the same in this heart. Earlier, um, I went down to take a walk, uh, and I was walking, and I started walking, and it was beautiful, end of the day, and there was something very beautiful in the air. There was the contact, the experience was pleasant, the sight were beautiful, the body was easeful, and it was really like, oh, you know, pleasant. I, I, no, I didn't notice pleasant, actually. It was just, I was not totally aware of it. It was just, I was in it. It was good. And suddenly there's a thought that crossed my mind, and suddenly I felt like shit. Excuse the expression, but that's really how I felt. Suddenly the, the experience really changed. In the mind, the mind was suddenly was like, went down, was heavy. Has, had heaviness to it, and the body was not. Suddenly, there was some contraction here, and one thought crossed my mind, you know. And these days, I, I often have this. We call it sometimes vipassana joy. And this came out of practice. It's this like, hey, I'm invited to be graceful again when it could have been a 15-minute walk with, you know, pleasantness, it's not actually not right now for sure, you know. There's a heaviness in the heart, a contraction. There's, it's not so fun to be Pascal right now, you know. And here's an invitation to be graceful in the middle of that. Is that possible, you know? And so, inviting acceptance, inviting... Uh, allowing things to be in this way right now. And then this kind of joy that comes that's like, yeah, I can allow this to be that. I can allow life to be that imperfect again. You know, it's okay. I can be with that. So what's in this joy? For me, what I've uh, discovered is um, of our sagrow with the practice is um, confidence. Not arrogance, not this the unwholesome version, but a, conf a trust, 
that there's the capacity for this heart-mind to encounter reality. It's possible. And I've, I see it more and more. And so in the, in the, maybe it um, brings me to say that um, what I like about this attention that we're bringing, this quality of mindfulness, non-judgmental attention to what's happening, is that in the wake of it, many qualities get developed. I've seen it in myself, and it's amazing to see. Not to make it personal, like I saw it in myself. It's more like, wow, this practice works. Look at these qualities. I didn't have access to this now. And now there's this kind of courage. Maybe that's a way to talk about this confidence. Oh, before I would have despised this or resent this or blamed myself for this. Now there's just like a beautiful way to meet this heavy heart. Let's care about this. Let's be here for that. I can. It's possible. Yeah. And so that's one of the qualities that I see being developed. And I see it, another place where I see it, just sharing again very spontaneously, I hope this works for you. Um, sometimes entering conflict, when before I would resent the other for the conflict that arose, resent myself, fear, deny, avoid the conflict. Now, more than before, a lot more is like, oh, conflict. Okay, I can enter this. Um, another beautiful thing that I see uh, with this mindfulness is that when there is a full consciousness of what's happening, I remember the values that I have. Um, and uh, mindfulness, this word in Pali uh, is sati. And sati sometimes is translated by remembering. And the way that I've, I've, I've seen it uh, as a good translation, remembering, is when I'm aware, let's say that conflict arises in my life. And instead of blaming, being dishonest to avoid the conflict or any of the things that I could do, there's a remembering of the values of integrity maybe, or honesty, or caring for the other, respect. This to me is an amazing blessing that this mind has access to its values again, so that it can offer protection and be protected. Yeah. So that's, and it's, it says that when uh, there's one of the uh, difficult mind state that comes, like hatred or greed, any wisdom that you have might go out the window. It's not available. I want this, I need this, my happiness depends on having this. And suddenly, you reorganize the world to get what you want, you know, or I reorganize the world to get what I want. Or in hatred, it says we can forget what is uh, uh, legal or illegal, for example, um, and all kinds of things. So that this f- um, consciousness that we're developing moment by moment, attending, starting again and again by, hey, how is it to be here right now? Every time we do this, we're 
strengthening this capacity to remember what we truly value. Not a small thing, I believe. Maybe I'll finish with, uh, with this tonight. Just uh, another aspect of this mindfulness that I find very beautiful. The way I understand it is that, yes, in this retreat, in the silence, I'm discovering myself. In this case, Pascal, let's say, when I'm practicing. And the particular of this being but mostly for me this this these now it's more much more at the forefront than anything else is i'm discovering what it is to be a human being it takes a nature of being universal impatience is like this entangling like that for me and others. It's not something personal. It's nature, the nature of impatience, the nature of kindness, benevolence. Benevolence in the mind, heart, feels like this, and this is how opening it is. In any mind, And this is, in a way, this is my way to, one of the ways I have to contact others, contact, get intimate with others, is to feel uh, the all different uh, ways a human being feels. And I find it very beautiful also for what is difficult in this being, because then I get a deep intuition, a deep access of what it is for somebody else also to feel rejection, confusion, despair, the universality of this. And so I would like us to remember this, that this is what we're doing here. We're discovering nature, the nature of mind, the nature of body. And so, um, I don't know, sometimes we say, I love nature. I love nature. Well, here it is. Can you love that? This is nature. Can you attend to this? When you're in the national park of uh, fear, can you allow it to be visited? Uh, it's touchy what I'm saying, but in a way, respecting this environment, not destroying, destroying it, but allowing it to be known as it is. And moving on, suddenly you find yourself in the nat- national park, of uh, 
generosity? Can you allow it to be totally known and not claim it? This is mine now. No, generosity is like this. This is the nature of generosity. This is the nature of discomfort. This is the nature of boredom. Yeah? So there's an aspect of this practice where we can, in a way, let go of the kind of obsession of is it mine or not mine, or just this is where observing, feeling, having an amazing intimate access to nature, the nature of being. And just this, today when I was doing this walk where suddenly my heart became heavy for some reason, I was also, uh, just before actually, I was just being aware of stepping, stepping, stepping. And at some point I became aware of uh, the owning of the steps and how ridiculous this was, that they didn't need to be owned. There was sensations of hardness, being felt for just a moment, the time of a step, hardness or heaviness or something like this, that experience was lasting just for a moment and then it was gone and there was another experience. And in my mind, there was this owning of that. It's me walking or my leg or my... And suddenly it became extra, not needed. There was, oh, look at this, walking. Hardness, softness, lightness, released in the world. That in that time, there was no need to actually close down on something, you know, be separated. Me walking on environment, you know. There was just nature, the nature of walking happening. And it's through mindfulness that I could see suddenly that there was this extra holding, claiming that was not needed at that time, not actually true exactly at that time. Anyway, so a few ideas on practice. Um, Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your full day of practice. I know this is not easy. This is very, very noble work that we're doing here. To actually step and look at what it is to be a human being is is a, something that nobody else will do for you. So maybe we'll just uh, spend a little uh, moment in silence. So may we, through this practice, find uh, acceptance and freedom and clarity of mind so that we can, uh, we can uh, 
experience life fully. And uh, offer the same opportunity to others uh, to live a full life. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.